welcome back to Just Ghouly Things. And we are your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. So, Lily, do you have any work stories or anything for us this week? So, I was out of work due to a mild, like, knee injury. So, I haven't been working much. And I was actually really nervous because I knew, like, we were recording today and I didn't have any material. Like, I hadn't been able to work, you know, in like the drive-through. So like there have been no bagel boy sightings, you know, there was nothing really good. And then I remember, do you remember that guy I told you who comes in? Let's call him Mr. Grumpy Gills. He's the one who told me that, that it was a scam demic. I said to him, have yeah. a good day. And he went, I will not. Yes. And then around Christmas time, my coworker was like, oh, do you have any, you know, good Christmas plans? And he goes, I'm getting my wife divorce papers. <laughs> that guy yeah so, so he came back in today and I was like yes I'm gonna have something so he was commenting on the snow and my same coworker was always like yeah well he goes I was supposed to go uh you know I want to go down south but snow in there too blah, blah, blah. and Vegas is cheap blah, blah, blah. you know maybe Maybe I could have someone like, and then he starts just like going in on his mother-in-law for like no reason. He's like, take my mother-in-law with me, go to a disappearing act in Vegas, book her a one-way ticket to the Bermuda Triangle. And like, it was so funny, Rebecca, because my coworker like wasn't getting that he wants his mother-in-law to do. He's like, oh yeah, Bermuda's probably really nice this time of year. And I like, look at him. I'm like, and he's like, no, no, I'm saying a one-way ticket, if you know what I mean. We'll go to the Eiffel Tower. Only one of we'll take. The, what did he say? He was like, maybe I'll go to Paris with her. We'll take the elevator up to the Eiffel Tower. Only one of us takes it down. <laughs> he said that. I was like, I'm like messaging him. I'm like, dude, like he's dead ass threatening his mother-in-law and you're not picking up on it. And he was like, oh no like and then he like looked up and he was like oh you yeah yeah I'm sure she's a handful and just we it's so funny yeah we're gonna see him on like crime watch daily in like a couple years (laughs) (laughs) oh no and then he started and then he was like go to Vegas with the with my mother-in-law for the disappearing ass and I was like oh god these lined up so I'm gonna start uh this week and the title is the experience I still can't explain I've only had two weird experiences in my life, but this one takes the cake. Just to preface, I've always been completely open to the paranormal being real and always been fascinated by the topic. My girlfriend was always a non-believer. So in 2018, my girlfriend and I found out we had a baby girl on the way. We moved in together and rented a house that was built in 2007. No one has died in the house. I checked after this specific incident. The only noteworthy thing that happened near the house was a wife who had been abused finally stood up for herself and blasted her husband with a shotgun in the middle of a cul-de-sac we live on. Anyways, a buddy of mine was getting married soon, so we were throwing his bachelor party in San Diego, and I left for the weekend to attend. After a weekend of blacking out slash riding scooters from bar to bar, a great time, I come from the trip later in the evening on a Sunday, hang out with my girlfriend for a bit, and went to sleep. And in the middle of the night, I wake up and my eyes are immediately drawn towards the corner of our room by our bedroom door. I see what looks like a woman in a white dress with long, dark hair just kind of hanging out. I was still half asleep, but remember specifically thinking to myself, who the fuck is that? But at the same time, being totally and perfectly calm. Don't get me wrong. I'm not the type to see a ghost and not freak the fuck out. Yep, me. (laughs) Yeah, I saw whatever this was, knew I wasn't sleeping, but somehow I just knew that it wasn't a big deal slash threat. 
I can't really describe the feeling. I was awake but exhausted and just basically went back to sleep. Not the reaction I would tell you to expect from me. When I woke up, I remember everything perfectly, but because of my reaction of not freaking out and somehow just going back to bed, I chalked it up to being just a realistic dream. We were in the middle of our morning routine and my girlfriend asked how I slept. I said jokingly, good, except for waking up to some lady standing in the corner of our bedroom. She looked at me in a way that threw me off and said, are you serious? What do you mean? So I told her, I don't know, I woke up in the middle of the night and swore I saw a lady in a white dress with dark hair just standing in the corner of our room by my door. I'm sure- Interesting attire, by the way, a white dress. Totally not cliche at all. (laughs) Um, But he said, but I'm sure it was just a dream. And she looks at me and says, I didn't want to tell you because I thought I'd seem crazy, but while you were out of town, I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. And when I was coming back to bed, I swore I saw a lady in a white dress with dark hair standing in our closet. I ran to bed and kept telling myself it was just my imagination. For my girlfriend to say this and for me to see her reaction to what I said kind of shook me up. Here was the total non-believer, visibly shaken up by what she saw and what I said I saw. Also, our bathroom is in a completely separate area of our bedroom, and you get into the closet from the bathroom. So the sightings were in the exact opposite parts of our room. After doing research and finding out no one had died in the house, I am of the opinion that it was probably a family member looking over our baby girl who was on the way. We haven't had any other experiences since, but now we have a second child on the way. Since finding out about the new baby, I've been wondering if we will see our house guest once again. The end. You know what? I like this positive spin. I do. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know what? not super ominous or, you know, it's creepy, but it's not yeah. threatening. Well, it's interesting because the author said, right, I usually freak out when I see a ghost and I didn't this time, you know? Maybe it's like a guardian angel of some kind. It's possible, you know what I mean? That it has that kind of calming essence. Like, I can't relate because I'm such a fucking, like, little bitch. Like, I literally, I, when, you know, okay. So when I was up at, like, 3 o'clock the other morning and you, te- and you like, sent me, like, a thumbs up on my text and I sent you, oh, good morning. Partially <laughs> it was because I woke up and I had to go to the bathroom, but I had heard a noise and I was like, nope, bathroom's haunted. Just going to lay here until I fall back to sleep. Like, that's part of the reason I was still awake. Because it was like, what, 3.45 in the morning? I had woken up at 2.50. I, like, usually wake up at, like, 3.30 every morning to use the bathroom. So, that's what yeah. I I, 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 what the fuck was that noise now? Really? Anyways, um, <laughs> but, so, like, I can't relate to anything abnormal happening and not just, like, freaking out over it. However. I do think you're right about like maybe the potential guardian angel aspect of it or some kind of like uh like an someone watching over whether it's like a family member I mean they said no one died in the house but maybe it's you know a family friend or someone just watching over you know the girlfriend while you know they were expecting and then when they had the baby so my first story I went to creepy encounters on reddit um so they're all kind of like a different type of spooky kooky So this one is by a user named Sarah Annabelle, and it is called Bone Pile in the Forest. Ugh. So it says, not sure how well this story goes with the general theme because my encounter does not involve a person, but rather something I found. This takes place during spring break of 2005 when I was 12 years old. There hadn't been much of a winter yet that year, 
So the snow was already gone. And when you look out of the, I don't know why I said looked that way. I like really split up that word. When you looked out of the window, you'd see muddy roads, puddles, occasional piles of snow in the shadow where the sun did not reach. If you were really lucky, you could even see the sun. (laughs) That's us today with like all this snow. Yes. Um, I was looking forward to spending the spring break with a good friend of mine named Joanna. Joanna was my age and our mothers were best friends. But because she lived on the other side of the country, we didn't see each other much. So we, we would always spend our school breaks together, whether it be in my hometown or hers. This spring break, it was her turn to come visit me. That's so sweet. I love I picked that. Her, right? So pure. I picked her up from the bus station and we walked to my grandparents' place, which was a tiny house a few miles outside of town, surrounded by marshland, right on the edge of a, land, of a large forest. And most importantly, not another house or person in sight. We had previously made plans to spend the week there because despite all the mud, the weather was uncharacteristically warm, perfect for spending hours and hours outside. Plus, we wanted to be able to turn the music up as loud as we wanted. Back in the town, I had an older neighbor who'd complain if I even walked too loud and just have fun as teenagers do. A few days passed without much interesting things happening. And we played Green Day's American Idiot really loud. <laughs> oh, 2005, How I Miss You. Yes. Um, because that was the album everyone listened to back then. We sang along, fell into puddles, played with the animals. My grandparents had the standard of a few cows, chickens, rabbits, etc. Oh, yeah, the usual. <laughs> Casual. We also spent a lot of time in the forest. Which brings me to what happened on Friday of that week. The weather was gorgeous that day. The sun was shining, the birds were singing, and you could even see some flowers peeking out. Joanna and I had just had lunch and we decided to go to the forest. Deep in the forest, about a 90-minute walk from my grandparents' house by an old fallen tree was a very specific spot that I had used as my playground since I was about five years old. Normally, the forestry authority would have cleaned up the fallen trees and generally kept the forest orderly, but my guess is they never bothered to go that deep into the forest. We spent a few hours just climbing the fallen tree, looking at what kind of plants were already out, laughing and chasing each other, and generally goofing around. At which point, I trip into what I originally thought was a hole. I made a comment about some animal having dug there and laughed until I looked down. What I stepped into was definitely a hole except it was definitely man-made. It was a perfect circle with a diameter of about 20 inches um, with perfectly smooth edges and the bottom of it was perfectly flattened. It wasn't deep, definitely not more than five inches. In the bottom was this weird hole lay a bunch of bones, animal bones. Smaller bones were... What was... Oh. Smaller bones were laid in a perfect circle along the edges of the hole, and in the middle was a bloody, bigger bone. Upon closer inspection, we noticed that there were blood drops, tufts of fur, and feathers everywhere in the area, on the moss on the ground, on tree trunks, on leaves, everywhere. I told Joanna we should probably go, and for a brief moment, we just stared at each other. When we fell silent, I realized how quiet the forest had gone. The birds that had been singing moments ago were silent. There was no wind. 
The sunlight did not reach the ground and there was this feeling of eeriness that I just couldn't shake. Joanna and I left quickly, occasionally looking back, but nothing happened. We made it home safely and we never spoke of it again. I went back to that area right after Joanna had left and there was nothing there. No hole, no blood, no feathers, just the forest, the way it had always been. I continued to regularly go there until my, I left my hometown when I turned 19. So, yeah. Um, someone actually commented something very interesting. Um, it said, good thing you got out when the forest went quiet. Apparently, it's not a good sign at all when the sound goes. I don't know how true it is. I never stayed to experience it. The author responded saying it usually means there could be a predator nearby, could be an animal or a person. <gasps> so um, that's fucking terrifying. That's just a hard picture just to think of seeing all these bones. And I mean, thank God they were human bones. But that's what yeah. I kind of alluded to at first. But when it was animal bones with all the fur all over and the blood. Uh, and you wonder, like, if it's a man-made hole with all these bones, why are they still exposed? As a warning, as maybe a trap to have people kind of, you know, let their guard. Like, if someone's just, like, hiking alone mm-hmm. and they see this, like, they might stop, start looking, get distracted, you know, and then, like, whatever type of predator is out there can use that kind of to lure them in. Like, you really don't know what's out there. And that's part of the reason I do not care for the woods, um, among others, you know, but mostly just, like, the, my irrational fear of anything dangerous at all. Oh my gosh, but that is nuts. It, it, it really gets you thinking, you know, how many little things do you miss when you're just, you know, walking down the street? Um, but that's why it's important to always be walking with somebody, especially yeah. if you're in an, uh, like uh, somewhere like the woods. Yeah, like, I mean, where we are in New Jersey, like, by, you know, by us, like, there are a lot of, like, reservations, but Mm -hmm. within those reservations, there's just, like, uncharted land. Like, I I went to one once um, during quarantine, actually, you know, you go for your sanity walk, and I was just, like, so sick of walking around, like, the same neighborhood and everything, so my dad was like, oh, like, let's go to this reservation down the road, you know, and there is a, um, he he has um, that Garmin app, so we can always see where he is. Mm-hmm. because and you know my dad's like oh in case I slip and fall which happened um but mostly you know but I I use it I'm like yeah turn your garment on because if you go I mean no one would kidnap my dad they'd return him but <laughs> you just like never know who's out there and you know I've been watching a lot of forensic files lately and this one woman was just like kidnapped in broad daylight she was walking a reservation on a path not even like you know in the woods like these two young girls were they were like literally she this woman's literally on a path and she just like got like yoinked off the path and like they didn't find her for a while so it really makes you think okay going deep into like this you know woods the you know whatever like it's terrifying thinking what if I had stopped and really dug around and been alone like would someone have you know what what if it's just all that what if that's almost scarier than knowing what's going on. Yeah. Curiosity killed the cat. Honestly. Okay. What's your next story? All right. My next one is titled, I think I had a premonition. 
I wanted to start off by explaining the situation about the house I'm currently renting as it plays a big role in this experience. My husband's grandparents own this, this three-bedroom bungalow since the late 1950s. I believe they were the first owners of this house. They both lived there until my husband's grandmother died at a hospital in 2007 and his grandfather at a hospice center in 2017. The house was left to my husband's mother and it was decided that they would completely empty out the house and rent it for a good amount of money as the house is located in Toronto. The house was rented by a single father and his two adult sons. Fast forward to 2019 and we asked my mother-in-law if we can rent the house out as we were planning on starting a family and were paying an exorbitant amount of rent for a one bedroom apartment. She agrees and lets the renter know that he has to move out by January, 2020. He's extremely upset as he grew attached to the house, but accepted and moved out by December, 2019. My husband and I begin to paint and complete some small renovations to the house and we move in. By the end of January, 2020, I find out I'm pregnant with our first baby. Fast forward to June, 2020, and I'm nearly six months pregnant and decide to go to bed early one night while my husband plays on his computer in the basement. I grab my dog as he falls asleep in the bed with us and heads to our bedroom. I turn on my white noise machine and settle in under the covers for the night. As I'm about to fall asleep, I hear a man scream in an unfamiliar voice, please send help. My heart began to race and I started to sweat profusely as I got an instant feeling of dread course through my body. I ran downstairs to ask my husband if he had just screamed or heard something and he looked at me puzzled. I calmed myself down and told myself I was dreaming and went back to bed. One week later, my husband and I are going to bed. Again, we take our dog to the bed with us, turn on the white noise machine and settle in for the night. I'm about to fall asleep and I hear three loud knocks on my front door. Again, my heart starts racing and I start sweating. I sit up and notice my husband and dog are fast asleep and haven't moved. My dog barks at every little noise possible. I check my phone to view the camera that faces the front door and no one was there. I got up to walk around the house and my cats were dead asleep in the living room next to the front door. Again, I calmed myself down and figured I was once again dreaming. The next day I did some research and thought I might be experiencing exploding head syndrome, but what happened next completely changed my mind. Exactly three days later, I'm getting ready for bed at around 9 p.m. while my husband is in the basement. I decide to watch some TV in bed before falling asleep and suddenly hear three loud knocks on the front door. I instantly panic and freeze. My heart is racing and I know I'm not dreaming or imagining it this time. My dog is barking like a lunatic. I get out of my bedroom and call for my husband to come answer the door as it's a pandemic and I'm pregnant. Ah, yes. He looks out the window to see two men and a woman dressed in fully blown Navy attire. My husband answers the door and they ask to speak to the previous renter that lived here before us. We tell them that he's moved. They ask for his address as it's a very serious matter, but we don't have it. I call my mother-in-law and she provides me with his phone number and give it to the officers. I don't know what to call them. We knew that the previous renter's son was in the Canadian Armed Forces, so we thought it might have had to do with him. We later found out that it was actually his estranged child that was in a helicopter crash in Greece that took six lives. I didn't know at the time that he had a third kid. I can't help to think that his kid was sending a message or a warning. I can't even wrap my head around what I experienced, but I think it might have been a premonition that maybe wasn't even meant for me. I'm still puzzled to this day, but I'm glad to finally share the story and see what others think. I've had other experiences when I was little of seeing ghosts in my parents' house, but I think that this experience was much different. The end. Holy shit. Yeah. Like clearly yeah. the father had some attachment to this house. Yeah. Left on a pretty short notice. 
Mm-hmm. And then this woman gets this, please help me. This distress. That's chilling. Like I have, look at my fucking goose bumpy ass arms right now. That's chilling. Insane. Insane. Well, what what happened or if maybe just like the premonition was, you know, like like the author said, like just misplaced because he had moved so suddenly, you know, and that's scary. I literally like, no, no, no. I'm getting too caught up in my emotions. Next story. Oh shit. It's me. I'm the next story. <laughs> what is your next story, Lily? I'm like, I'm a little misty eyed right now. <laughs> I just rambled for five minutes and turned myself into like a crybaby. Okay. And this one is called a kiss. Good night. Question mark. And it's by a user on Reddit named Fudge Pirate. (laughs) Oh, God. So it says, my friends, Jessica, 27-year-old female, and James, 30-year-old male, have been together for six years and have lived in their house for over a year now. I am over quite often, and I have been friends and coworkers with Jessica for four years. They are wonderful. They have kind of adopted me, and they keep me alive by feeding me a few times a week. So I was over for dinner after work a few weeks ago. We got to their place within minutes of each other. We all drank and caught up. And after a little while, James goes outside to grill up some steaks. He comes in and asks why I kissed the door. I'm pretty confused and go over to the sliding glass door where he is. Sure as the world, there is a kiss print on the outside of the door. Lipstick and everything. A few things. James and Jessica are both shorter than I am. He's about 5'8", she's 5'2", and I'm 5'11". The kiss print was at a height that if I popped up on the balls of my foot, I could reach that spot with my lips. Far above where Jessica could reach, as much as I love the thought of James and... (laughs) And as much as I love the thought of James and bubblegum pink lipstick, he couldn't reach it either. I haven't worn makeup in many, many years. I don't even own lipstick. I think I have some mascara and an ancient eyeshadow palette. They both thought it was me playing a prank. After all, Jessica owns lipstick. I could have just been trying to freak them out. Spoiler, I'm not. But I'm a smoker, so I do frequent their back porch through that door. Besides, it's pretty difficult to get on their porch. We got three sides, right? Well, the right side is sort of a balcony with a 30-foot or so drop. The left side has a 10-foot drop or so with a fence. And inside the fence is immediately James Grill and some workout equipment. It's a pretty narrow space and wouldn't be easily navigated with all that junk there. Plus, it's pretty high up. The front of the porch would be the easiest way to get in, but you would have to be dedicated. They have thick, tall boxwood hedges along the fence, so you'd get pretty scraped up. So at this point, I'm thinking that Jessica just climbed up on a chair and kissed the glass. She's pranking me? Question mark? (laughs) Well, James cleaned off the glass, and we went on with our night. A few nights later, I'm back at their place. I was going out for a smoke when I saw a kiss on the glass in the same place with nude shade, shade lipstick. About a foot below the lip print, there was a smudgy heart. Oh, I'm not sure if this person had really greasy hands or used spit or something. Oh, gross, but it was extra creepy. I pointed it out to my friends, and again, they thought it was me. James even insisted I cleaned it off the glass. Jessica nor James have ever been ones to prank, and neither have I, but I still felt like 
the most logical explanation was Jessica was trying to prank James and me by setting me up or something. The next time it happened, a few days later, when I hadn't been there for a while, Jessica called me. She was a little accusatory and rattled. I do have a key to their house, and she asked if I had used it to kiss the glass again, because when they woke up, she noticed that there was a lip print on the door. I told her it wasn't me, and she let it go, but I could tell she still thought it was me. That would be like you and Mike with me. You'd be like, Lily, literally, did you do this? And I'd be like, no. You'd be like, okay, yeah, like the story. Like, <laughs> 100%. Um, at this point, I'm not really thinking it's her. Like, it could be, but it definitely seems like it's time to give it up already. She seemed genuinely mad at me, and it didn't seem funny at all. It happened a couple of more times, once more while I was over, and then there was a break for about a week, and then again when I hadn't been there. I had to go to another state for work, and while I was gone, Jessica video called me. She saw me in my hotel room and just started freaking out. She said this whole time she was really holding out hope that this was me. Even though I, it wasn't funny, it at least wouldn't be terrifying. Alas, I'm a thousand miles away and there's a kiss print on her back door with a heart underneath. She apologized to me for being so adamant that it was me. She just didn't want to be wrong. Um, I told her it's okay, but to call the police. She did. They came several hours later, looked around for five minutes and pretty much told her that's weird. <laughs> told her she can take pictures and submit them online to them. And they said they probably can't go through the hedges or over the fence. Thank you, you two specific boys in blue. Big help. <laughs> so we are all completely freaked out. I suppose it's possible that it is her and or James and neither of them know when to call it quits, but I don't think it is. Someone is really dedicated to giving them kisses. They ordered a camera. It came a couple of days ago and they put it in their porch. So far, nothing. I'll let you know if they see anyone. The end. Oh, that is so weird. It's like a nice gesture, but it's also super creepy because you don't know where the kiss is coming from with the smudged heart. Exactly. And <laughs> the comments on this are actual gold. Like one of them says, Your male friend has a psycho side piece. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then they said, oh, uh, maybe it's a crazy neighbor. I'd be pissed off if my friends kept accusing me of something so bizarre. And then there's this one who says, time to loosen the boards where they're standing or some fish line attached to empty cans. My suggestion is a fake camera placed openly along with a real camera hidden and placed lower to catch the face. So like people in this comment section are just like, you know, going in. People are invested in the story just as much as we are. Yeah, honestly. I would love I'm, you to like keep that story and see if there's any updates to that. Because I would love well, to know if they catch somebody. I'm 8,000% fucking following this post. All right. This happened almost seven years ago when I lived in my previous home. It was a very strange experience. When I was 15 years old, I unfortunately lost my father due to complications of heart failure. It was very unexpected on my side as he had recently had surgery to help him, but he himself must have knew it was coming. He likely couldn't bring himself to tell me as I had never experienced loss before. I didn't even have the chance to speak to him that day, which really weighed on me. Oh. Yeah. From then on, it was just me and my mom living in our bungalow as my sister was living with her partner at the time. It was pretty rough dealing with such grief and the family feeling incomplete. 
But on one evening during this time, something really strange occurred. My mom was taking a shower and I was watching TV in the living room. But while I was watching TV, I suddenly heard my father call my mom's name from that direction of the bedroom where he usually slept. He had his own bed and equipment suited for his condition. This bedroom was the closest to the living room and directly opposite of the bathroom. Now, this wasn't an unfamiliar sound to me as he would often call out for her assistance. So naturally, I played it off as my grieving mind messing with me. However, this is where it got strange. After hearing his voice, I still want to check what it possibly could have been. As I was walking down the hallway, the bathroom door opened and my mom, who hadn't even finished showering yet, burst out of there looking utterly baffled. I immediately asked her what was wrong and this is exactly what she said. I just heard your dad shouting my name. And when I tell you, I was absolutely gobsmacked. I looked at my mom directly in the eyes. I just heard it too. We both couldn't believe it. This either could have been an odd coincidence or it really could have been my father. I'm leaning towards the latter. After this moment, I felt less guilty about not talking to him the day he passed. Maybe this was his way of saying goodbye. Me and my mom still talk about it to this day. The bungalow we lived in at the time also seemed to carry an unwelcoming presence. Maybe he came to protect us from whatever was lurking. The end. Oh my gosh. Really? Like we should have ended with this because this is so sweet. And what I, I think something really great about this is like the validity in it. And like, you know, because, and, and like, I know, you know, this, and I know like, sadly, it's something many, many people can relate to is, you know, when you go through a sudden unexpected loss, and especially when you're feeling guilt along with it, like, you know, these people, they do come to you in your dreams and they do, you know, approach you and maybe stop by your house and you can feel their presence. And the truth of the matter is sometimes, you know, more often than not, at least it's all in what you choose to believe, but more often than not, it's, it's them sending a message. But sometimes, you know, when you're alone in something, you feel, oh, it's just my brain trying to comfort itself. You know what I mean? Like maybe that was my dad, but maybe it's just my brain, you know, trying to wrap its head for lack of a better term around this loss. But, you know, hearing that going to talk, you know, going to see what's going on or talking to your mom who jumps out of the shower and says, oh my God, I heard it. Mm-hmm. That's very comforting, you know? And it's one of those things that I feel like you'd think is scary because it's like, oh my God, we both heard it. But it's very comforting to know, wow, like he's, you know, still there. Definitely, definitely. Oh my God. I don't even, literally, my, my next one is called I Didn't Order Pizza. <laughs> like you have the sweetest little cute stories like, like today. And I get, oh, I didn't order pizza, but it's, it's like kind of a short one. So we'll see what happens. Well, maybe it's a nice story about someone just having someone pay it forward and got them pizza. That happened to my friend actually at, I think it was like, he lives in like fucking the middle of nowhere. It happened to him at Tim Hortons. He was at Tim Hortons and he just like got a bagel and a coffee and they're like, oh no, like the guy ahead of you paid. So like he paid for the guy behind him and everything. And it was really, really sweet. And I was at, um, I was at the bagel place by my job the other day. And there were these two guys, like one works, um, across the way and like, is like a client. And like the other guy was his client. And like, I was behind him and I saw him be like, Oh, you know, that guy, John, two people behind me, like I'm covering him too. You know? So like, hopefully this is a pizza share the love story. Have you ever gotten, have you ever gotten caught in one of those like trains of, Oh, pay it forward. Like the person behind you or whatever. No. 
I want to, okay. So this is, I want to do the pay it forward, right? Mm-hmm. My biggest fear is that I'm going to finally have the day where I'm like, all right, I'm going to pay it forward. I'm going to pay for someone's coffee. Um, and I'm, or I'm going to say, all right, I'll pay for the person behind me. And then their bill comes out as like fucking like $60. Cause they are like, ordering <laughs> people. And like, That's I don't want to feel too cheap to be like, no, like I just want to cover one coffee. Like, <laughs> I have to do like the math. So like, I have to like do my research before I like pay it forward and like look at the back and like see, okay, there's one person in there. Um, yeah. Like they, it took five seconds for them to order. So like that was just enough for them to order like a large yeah. coffee and like possibly a donut, like at most. So I got to like actually like be at full attention when I decide yeah. to pay it forward. That's true. I feel like I'm just, I'm not like, I'm kind of self-absorbed and I just like forget. Like, I don't, like, I've done the pay it forward where, like, someone does something nice to you and you do something nice for someone else in a different way. Let's hear about that free pizza, though. Right, the pizza. Free pizza. Yeah. So, this is by Signpost Lake called I Didn't Order Pizza. So, this just happened quite a while ago when I was home alone with just my dog. After all this time, I'm sure what happened was really strange and I have no idea what this man actually wanted. So I was watching TV one night at about 11 p.m. when I heard a car pull up outside and the engine shut off. I figured it was obviously a neighbor, but nosy dog wanted to have a look and went to the window. He'd got he'd kind of messed the blinds up when he went to look, so I got up to fix them. When he did, I noticed a car parked on the street across from my house and my neighbor's house. I couldn't really make out any details, but it looked like the driver was still sitting in the car. I didn't really think anything of it. I got a drink and went back to watching TV. Quite a while had passed since I fixed the blinds, but I'm not sure how long. I guess 15 to 20 minutes. Out of nowhere, I thought I heard a tapping at the door. Not a knock. It was much lighter and very quiet. My dog had sat up to look at the door and I paused the TV when the same tapping then started on the window. I opened the blinds a little and saw a man standing there. Oh, I couldn't make out his face properly, and he immediately walked back to the door and started tapping at it again. This doesn't sound very frightening, and I'm not sure why, but I suddenly had a really awful feeling. I felt absolutely terrified and had no idea why. The tapping at the door never stopped, but something in my head was saying if I opened the door to him, then something really bad would happen. And this is also true. Like we said about dogs earlier, especially this dog knowing to like be extra nosy. Mm-hmm right between that and just like going with your gut feeling. So he went upstairs to open a window to ask what he wanted. I felt safer doing this. He said in a really quiet voice, he was delivering pizza and told me how much it cost. I felt so stupid for being frightened and told him I didn't order a pizza. I guess he was speaking quietly and knocking lightly so he didn't disturb my neighbors. My dog had followed me upstairs and was letting out the odd growl and bark, which isn't really unusual for him. I was trying to shush him when the man downstairs told me he had the correct address and I better get downstairs now and open the door to pay what I owed and collect my food before it got cold. I was really confused because I most definitely didn't order any food and began telling him that, again, when I noticed he didn't have a pizza. He wasn't carrying anything at all. What? I told him again that he had the wrong address and he got really angry. He kept telling me to open the door. He was going between angry and sort of trying to persuade me to go back downstairs. I asked him where the pizza was. He said he had a hold of it. 
It was really dark, but he definitely didn't have anything in his hands. My dog was really making quite a bit of fuss at this point, and the stranger had turned into a broken record. Come downstairs, open the door, come downstairs and open the door. All this noise must have alerted my neighbor who did open his front door, and the man didn't say a word, but practically ran across the street to the car that I had heard pull up a while ago. He went back to the car empty-handed. I have no idea what he wanted, but he certainly wasn't the delivery driver. It really freaked me out as well that my dog is quite obviously a large breed and the man saw him through the window and he wasn't deterred at all. It seems even stranger and less random that he actually drove to my house as though he had planned on showing up. Okay, so this wasn't a lighthearted, free, pay-it-forward pizza story that I thought could be. I was really thinking it would be like, you know, oh, uh, here's, like, I skimmed it, obviously, but I was kind of expecting it, you know, especially after all the good energy you put out with your sweet stories, it to be like, oh, delivery for Gina, it's already paid for, and, like, Gina's, like, the author's dead grandmother or something, like, something like that. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah, but I feel like this this is just some life advice. Um, If this ever happens to you, call the police. That's a good start. Yeah. I mean, luckily, always have a dog. Don't open the door. I remember we used to get mistaken pizza deliveries a lot at my old house, but it would always be like Domino's or like, like the local places. In hand. Yeah. And, but I remember being like 11 years old. I had just started staying home alone and this guy like rang my doorbell and he was just standing there smiling with the pizza and I like ran and hit. And I told my mom, she was literally like, two doors down at the neighbor's house like probably just like going over to catch up with my neighbor and she came home I was like someone a man showed up with a pizza she's like well that happens all the time like we live on the corner of a busy street people get confused and I was like I don't know mom but like so badly wanting to have like this really interesting story that just like wasn't (laughs) like oh yeah like that famous serial killer tried to kill me but couldn't get to me because my year old self is so smart Exactly. So on that note, that concludes this episode of Just Ghoulie Things. Lily, do you have anything to wrap up this episode with? Um, I just wanted to say, um, salt your sidewalk. Not difficult. Um, everyone in Texas, if we have any Texan boothangs, like stay safe and stay warm. But really, guys, just like salt your sidewalk. It's not difficult. Some snow advice. If your car loses traction and you don't have salt or kitty litter, take your car mats out of the back or the front. Put them under your wheels. That'll give them traction. Uh, Also, just maybe stay inside due to the pandemic and the fact that it's cold. So those are my those are my tips and tricks for staying warm and healthy. Follow for more. Yeah. And don't answer pizza delivery guy that doesn't have a pizza in his hands you ready to shout out our socials i'm i was born ready okay follow us on instagram at just cool thinks podcast our personal instagrams at rebecca ruber and at lily baldessari twitter jgt podcast facebook just cool things podcast facebook private group just cool things podcast group donate to our patreon just cool things podcast buy our merch at tpublic.com or rebeccaruper.com. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience they'd like to share in our show, feel free to email us at justcoolythingspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, Boo Things. Stay safe, stay warm, and we will talk to Boo next week. 
Goodbye. Bye.